0: Welcome to the Grace for This City podcast. We're helping you turn your cities upside down. Hey, I'm your host, Justin Goff. Stay tuned. We got a great show for you today. All right. Thank you for tuning in today, friends. It is a cold, snowy, icy day right here in the heart of the Ozarks. That's right, we're coming at you from Arkansas in the United States. I'm telling you, what a great place to be, friends. And you know what? This is the Grace for This City podcast, and we're helping you turn cities upside down. How are we doing that? Come on, tell me. We're giving you scriptural motivation and strategies that will help you get out there and get some stuff done for King Jesus. And we're so glad that you're tuning in today, and uh, we're so thankful for you, our listeners, those who pray for, believe in, support the podcast, those of you who are getting encouraged and strengthened. I'm telling you, this is what we do. We do what we do for you, friends, help you. And so uh, thank you for the testimonies. We love reading them, celebrating them, uh, celebrating the victories that uh, you are experiencing. Hey, let me share something with you. We are producing CDs, and it would be our honor if you know somebody that the best way they could get the content is via a CD. We'd love to ship it to them at no charge. Right here, I've got one. And this is fitting for the podcast that I want to do today. This one was episode 114, and it was called Test the Spirits. Test the Spirits. So that's an example of a CD that we are producing. And again, uh, reach out to us, send us an email, hello at gracecitychurch.tv. That's hello at gracecitychurch.tv. Or call us, 870-741-9099. Let us know who that special someone is that would be blessed by receiving one of those, and we'll get out uh, get it out to them at no charge. All right, so with that, I want to jump into the podcast today, and let's talk about prediction addiction. That's right. Prediction addiction—that's what I want to talk about today, friends. And um, we'll probably highlight a little bit, maybe zero in on the spirit of Python or the spirit of divination. And you and I, friends, are living in a very interesting time where the prophetic movement—and—and uh, and I'm all for it. Uh, I mean, you know, without tooting our own horn, you know, I struggle trying to communicate about some of the things that we flow in or move in, uh, you know, and do that gracefully and not trying to draw attention to ourselves. But uh, we move in a prophetic way. We have a prophetic flow. Uh, Several ministers have have called our ministry, our entire ministry, a prophet's chamber. Uh, The Lord moves in prophecy in and among our people. I've been used in that way uh, many times, uh, lots of times. Um, so we're all for the prophetic. We believe in it. We believe in the office of the prophet. We believe in the prophetic ministry. We believe in 1 Corinthians 14, 1. Pursue love, then desire spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. Now, I think there's a difference between prediction and prophecy in that sense, but you know, we'll see if we can get into that later. That's not the major point of today's podcast, but I want to say we're all about it. We believe it. <laughs> we're so thankful for it. I'm telling you, God has ministered to us so many things that have come to pass. We're living into the reality of things that have been uh, revealed, things concerning the future, say, uh, by the prophetic ministry. And so we're all for that. But you and I are living in a day where so much of that prophetic ministry is being merchandised, like there's an industry. And I think we talked on this here Towards the end of last year, and the beginning of this year, we did several podcasts kind of highlighting this thought, watching out for the creep, the creeping, drifting off course in some of the things that are going on. And we said this, that within the prophetic industry, they are not doing the discerning for you. That's on you, right, wrong, or otherwise, we're just recognizing, look, the machine, the mechanics of it is not picking the bones and the sticks and the stuff that are going to choke you. They're not doing that kind of filtering for you. The, the marketing of the prophetic in industry is almost like whatever goes. And uh, I'm a little concerned about that, as you should be. And so the due diligence is on our end, friends. Now, the other day I was watching a very popular uh, And I, you know, I'm not going to say any names. It's like, you you know, in that area right there, even if it's valid, people get mad. And, you know, if accidentally you mention somebody and you get it wrong a little bit, then people get mad about that. So, you know, I'm just not going to say any names. But I was listening to this very popular, it's like a hub, or a, it's a, a conglomeration of prophetic people, words. Ideas and concepts, where all these prophetic Elijah E type people stream in the one location. All right, so I, I was watching the guy that moderates that, the guy that had it on his heart to begin the whole thing, and uh, I don't know what he calls himself. He's the founder, maybe. But it was about an hour long program, and the entire program, he was answering questions as to why there is so much um confusion among the prophets. Why is there not a cohesive um theme or conclusion, you know why why isn't why is there so many different conclusions among all the different prophets? So he spent an hour answering these questions question after question after after question and I based on what he was saying, people must really be concerned about this because you know, their favorite prophet, has a totally different word or conclusion than the other one of their favorite prophets or the popular this guy or girl doesn't seem to have the same prophetic word as this other popular guy or girl. And I totally get it because a lot of people were asking these these questions. He was reading questions and answering them. And he brought up this this thought that somebody uh, had made known was if they're all listening to the spirit of God, why are there you know so many different drastically different conclusions. That, my friends, is a honest question. And uh, he gave a lot of answers. Basically, he was saying, don't get caught up in the fact that none of their prophecies agree. And I'm trying to handle this fairly, but that was basically his conclusion. Now, I don't know anything about this guy, so it has nothing to do with him. But, but, but the concept of having a place where anybody and everybody who calls himself a prophet or prophesies can make their stuff known. Friends, no wonder there is so much confusion in the body of Christ. You know, people are clamoring to get on these, you know, major, you know, uh, outlets for prophecies. And Listen, maybe I seem to say, well, Justin, you're sounding awfully critical. No, I'm, I'm, I'm just being very objective. I'm not putting any of my emotion in this at all. We're just talking factual, no emotion in this whatsoever, just the facts. And friends, this is why people get confused. And they go to these places where there's 10,000 prophetic words, and they wonder why they leave there not really knowing what God is saying. Listen, friends, there is such a thing called prediction addiction and coming out of like 2018 maybe into 1920, 21, 22. Oh man, I tell you, did we see it hardcore? A spirit of divination got into so much of the church. Now this is nothing new. I think, you know, it, you know, maybe we see cycles where it's worse at times than others, but I'm telling you friends, a lot of people are really confused to this day. I'll, t- I'll tell you why. is because they're looking to man to give them something only God can give them. You're looking to a prophet. You're looking to a prophetic ministry. You're looking to a prophetic organization or a prophetic stream, hoping to get the word of the Lord when he may or may not be in it. You know, if, if you go back to the Old Testament and there was a particular uh, prophet, his name was Micaiah. And he was, uh, you know, this, this, this this king had all these prophets around him. He had four hundred prophets, and four hundred something, and they all prophesied this singular prophetic word. They may have said it in different ways, but it all they all echoed the same theme. Well, here comes Micaiah, and as the story goes, he actually has the word of the Lord, and it contradicted though hundreds of other uh, tested and known prophets. And as it turned out, though, Micaiah's prophecy was right. Now, I'm not saying that that's an exact implication of what's happening today. But, you know, the Bible says in Corinthians that stories like that are put in there as an example for us that we can learn from. And I think we need to recognize that you, you may not get the leading you're hoping for by going to the machine of prophecy, hoping to put in a quarter and get God's little prophetic word for you. You know, it, you know, and some of this is like going to the Chinese restaurant, you know, and basing the entirety of your year based on a little strip of paper that comes out of that fortune cookie. You cannot expect to to have, to get your entire leading from a source like that. If you are refusing to go before the Lord yourself, this is friends, the phenomenal element that you and I have, the privilege we have as a uh, born-again, spirit-filled, new creation in Christ Jesus. There is no man before us and the head of the church, the Lord Jesus. He himself, Jesus, is our high priest. He's the one going in uh, before the Father on our behalf in that sense. And there's a lot of clutter, that are in people's lives, massive confusion, friends. And I'm telling you, I'm actually curious, I'm really curious that when the plug on this thing gets pulled, the type of, um, oh, what's what's the word here? Detoxing that is gonna transpire in so many of these people that their every little moment has been dependent on some sort of prediction about the future. Now, there's a verse in Isaiah 46, and in verse 10, and it is absolutely critical uh, to navigating the days that you and I are living in. Again, nothing new, but it's in a sense, it is at a level, a cautionary level, that maybe you and I, um, me in particularly, you know, I'm just in my 40s. And so this is the first time I think that I'm aware anyways of having to navigate this level of caution in the church today, in the world. Now, depending on your age, you may have experienced something like this before, so this should be nothing new for you. And so there should be caution based on a rehash or a recycling of deceptive tactics of the enemy. Again, nothing new, but I'm saying if you're like me, this may be the first time you're living in to some of this craziness. And in Isaiah 46, verse 10, it says this in the New Living Translation. Only Now, this is the Heavenly Father speaking. He says, only I can tell you the future before it even happens. Now, this is very, very important. Absolutely important. Uh, because uh, he is the only one. That has knowledge of the future. There is no demon that knows the future. There is no human in their own wisdom that knows the future. There is not the kind of tooling possible to absolutely predict what will happen in the future. Now, prediction, a lot of it is based on patterns and habits. And so there's predictions, and some of them are fairly accurate in particular. Familiar spirits. these are demon spirits that have been watching you, following you, harassing you your entire life. If you are very consistent, they can read you like a book and uh, people going to fortune tellers, future tellers, uh, going to medium spiritists, any any person like that that claims to be able to reveal the future of some sort. It is not knowledge of the future. Only God has that. It is prediction based on patterns. And a lot of people, again, are pretty consistent. Uh, Demons and anybody else can read into your future and get it pretty close because you do the same thing you've always done. They're familiar with your past, therefore they can predict your future and get it fairly close. But that is not the same thing as as having actual knowledge of the future. The whole prophetic uh, movement, the whole prophetic ministry. I don't want to diminish. Again, I f- 100% believe in the office of the prophet. Still active today. Different class of prophets than what we saw in the Old Testament, but still active, still functioning. I believe in the prophetic ministry. I, I believe, First Corinthians 14, desire that you may prophesy. Okay, but uh, just regular prophecy, though, is totally different than prediction, Okay, or trying to foretell or foretell what's going to be happening tomorrow. That kind of revelation only comes, the Bible says, because God reveals it for some reason. Now, it is a strategic advantage to the body of Christ. Uh, Jeremiah twenty-nine eleven and other places, I mean, John chapter 14, 15, 16, several places, in the Bible, revealed to us, and particularly to the born again believer who has the Holy Spirit, that there is a strategic advantage by way of Holy Spirit's revelation that does concern what is to come. But I'm just talking about just everyday regular prophecy is really less about forth-telling. Now, <clears throat> the, but 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 so this is this is what props up this entire mechanism here is. You know, are people getting accurate information concerning the future? And we've made a lot of heroes out of these people that their entire ministries are based, based on, supposedly, predicting the future. Again, I, I believe in it. But when there is such mass confusion and the machine of it and the industry of it is not doing its due diligence in filtering out the fakes and the phonies and those who just have an agenda or a motive, I'm telling you, it becomes dangerous and it becomes devilish, friends. It becomes devilish. You and I have to be aware of the spirit of divination that is, in a lot of ways, uh, if somebody's not going to really seek the Lord concerning his will, his ways, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Even accidentally people can go over here and because of the, the desire of the flesh, it becomes a, a, a craving of the soul. You can kind of conjure something up. And I use that word conjure very uh, uh, kind of loosely here, but you, 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 the, the soul can get over here and conjure something up. And I'm telling you, familiar spirits uh, would love to entertain you, okay? Okay. Galatians 5, one of the works of the flesh is what? Witchcraft and sorcery. (laughs) So listen, we're not trying to make this like something that it's not, not trying to make a mountain out of a molehill. What I'm saying is if you're very uh, drawn, uh, addicted on a soulish level, I must know what the prophets are saying about Biden, Trump, uh, China, uh, this, that the stock market, my business, whatever. If if you're not going to God with some of these things, ultimately and firstly, but you're turning to a man, I'm telling you, friends, that is dangerous on so many levels, and you could slip over into a very fleshy, carnal, soulish craving and be played with, I'm talking about by familiar spirits and not even realize it, not even intentionally do it, and you would be so shocked to find out maybe that's where you were. We're not saying that you're into that kind of stuff. You know, the whole magic eight, but listen, we're, we're surrounded, okay? Horoscopes, reading the star, you know, we're surrounded. I'm saying it, it would be easy to even accidentally fall into it because we're surrounded by it. Why? Because people who are in the dark people who are in bondage people who are still in the kingdom of darkness crave to know the future but God says it, it on, 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 only I know that the, the only access you're going to have to it is through a relationship with him now there's something very ironic and I want to bring bring this out now the irony of so much of the prophetic movement right now. Again, I'm all for prophecy. Hallelujah. Uh, we're, we're all all about it. Uh, believe in it. We are continuationists. All the gifts of the Spirit, the work in the Spirit is still continuing uh, and in a sense increasing because we're coming into maturity or the fullness of the times. But the irony, friends, the irony of the prophetic movement, is this. And I'm going to give you a little bit here to where you can do your own homework. I'm not going to do all your homework for you. I've been doing people's homework now for a, a long time. I'm kind of like, okay, I mean, I'm glad to be inspiring some research here or some deep diving into understanding what's going on behind the scenes. But listen, you, you need to do your own homework too. But so much of the current modern prophetic movement Not all, but so much of it, so much of the most known and popular elements of it, and even the apostolic movement, their foundational doctrines, okay, not all, not all, come on, say it with me, not all, okay, but a lot of them, okay, and this is where I've been. I've been kind of researching this, not not out of criticism, out of curiosity, What do you believe? Like, I want to know what you believe because what we believe informs our actions. And listen, friends, it even informs prophetic decree. Uh, Again, I can uh, prove that in the Bible. We have that example of Micaiah and the other hundreds of prophets as an example is so much of their prophetic. uh, I'm talking about the story in the Old Testament with Micaiah. So much of their prophetic ministry, uh, had to do with what they believed about the king. But then here was Micaiah, and he's like, "Well, let's check in. Let's see what the Lord says." He, uh, you know, if we read into that he had some bias against the king, we're 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 going to misunderstand it here. He simply just wanted to know what the Lord said, and so he got the word of the Lord, and it just so happened to contradict everybody that just simply wanted to prophesy into the success of the king. This is why I'm saying there's something very uh, concerning. It's a, it's a point of caution. And many times th- th- there are prophets that are just prophesying their own conclusion. And this is what I'm saying right now. If, if you begin to look as to what they believe, what their base doctrines are, not all, Not all, but surely many, uh, and it seems like very popular. What are their base beliefs and doctrines? Let me give you one here because I think it's of interest. Isaiah 46 says that the Lord himself, only he knows the future. Well, then we have the books of the prophets in the Old Testament. And then we have New Testament writers like Peter say, or Paul, and others, but I, you know those are two coming to my head. And Peter, in his books, his letters, sorry, his letters, several times he references back to what the prophets have said. He even brings up the whole story of the transfiguration of Jesus, and here you had Elijah and Moses, and he said, he, Peter says, I was there, and he said, that, That experience right there, his takeaway was that everything that the prophets have said concerning Jesus is absolutely true. And he was writing to uh, some believers saying, if you ever find yourself in a dark day, friends, he said, there's a guiding light in the propheticos or in the writings of the prophets, that which has come forth from the prophets. And he's referring to the Old Testament, what you and I know as the Old Testament prophets. He said there's a guiding light in their prophecies, and that light, that light will guide you until the day star himself appears uh, before all mankind. He's telling them, listen, there is a prophecy, there is prophecy that will guide you unto his second coming. Now, so many of the modern current, not all, but a lot, of the most known prophetic movements in the land today in the United States. Now, this is plaguing the United States, it seems, more than in some other places. But in the United States, and praise God, we have the freedom I suppose to do this. But in the United States, so much of the prophetic movement today, the majority of the leaders, the thought leaders, they are what we would call, not all, but many are what we would call partial preterists. Now, what's interesting about this is they believe that most of the Bible prophecies that Jesus was referring to, say like um, Matthew 24, Matthew 25, or several places in Luke, or even like 1 John or Revelation, all that has already happened. Listen, the irony, the irony of the prophetic movement is that they don't even believe that the, prof- the, the prophecies in the Bible have anything to do with you and me today. In particularly, the majority of the Old Testament prophecies have to do with a little nation called Israel. Even Paul brought this in in the book of Romans. And he, by way of the Holy Spirit, Romans chapter 2, Romans chapter 3, Romans chapter 9, Romans chapter 10, Romans chapter 11, he was telling the, the church, the, the, the ecclesia, the born again believer, don't get boastful in your salvation because you don't support the root, the root supports you. And he's telling them that there is prophecy. There are promises, prophetic promises, like from Jeremiah, say, Isaiah, uh, Zechariah. He said, there are prophetic promises that still remain for Israel and Jacob. These are prophetic uh, guidelines that are still functioning today. The irony, I mean, it's almost laughable. The irony that you and I are seeing today is so many in the, quote, prophetic movement or abstract movement don't even believe that those prophecies have anything to do with Israel, the physical people or the physical land or the descendants, the offspring of of Isaac and then Jacob, Jacob's offspring, the twelve tribes of Israel, etc. They only see how that affects the church. Now, again, this is this this is what I'm saying: the laughable irony of all of this. By the way, that's called replacement theology, and they don't like to be called that. They hate that term. You know, I've I've had some conversations with some of these folks. They say, "Well, that's too negative. That's that that's too divisive." We believe in Fulfillment, God has fulfilled His end of the deal, but because uh, Israel screwed up, then nothing remains for them. That's that's how they would say it. Probably not so sarcastic as I did, but uh, or they would say we prefer placement theology. God's intention was this the entire time, and not that. Now, so but the irony is, so many of these prophets. They don't even believe that what the Bible says is still future coming. Friends, are you kidding me? (laughs) No wonder there is so much confusion. You claim to be a prophet, but you don't even receive Bible prophecy as is clearly written in its plain sense. I'm looking at this and I'm going, Lord have mercy, God forgive us. (laughs) Forgive us forgive us. And there's an entire movement that is just propped up on quote unquote prophecy. But if it contradicts the standing prophecies in the Bible, friends, what kind of prophet are we? What kind of prophet are we? We're prophesying into our own conclusion then. It would be prophecies out of the soul. We firmly uh, think that this is what the Bible says. Now, in my personal opinion, the dangers, the offense, unintentional, but nonetheless offensive to take clearly expressed prophecies that concern the offspring of Jacob and say, you know what? It doesn't mean anything to those folks and read ourselves into it. Listen, we're, we were not anymore. We were Gentiles. We're born again now. Now there's neither Jew nor Greek. So there is futures and judgments that concern the new man in Christ Jesus that are different from futures and judgments that concern the Jews, different from futures and judgments that concern Gentiles or the nations. We're, we, 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 we come out from the nations. We are st- not still associated with the judgments and futures of somebody, a Gentile or a nation that has no relationship with God. There were particular relationships that the Jews had, but then again, when you were born again, now there's something, a future and a judgment that concerns you. But there is still a plan that he has to keep his word to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So many of the prophecies, by the way, when Jesus returns, where is he returning? To the United States? No, to Israel. Where does he put his foot down? Among the people, uh, within and among whom he is fulfilling his prophetic promises to. That's why he's not stepping down on New York City or Colorado or L.A. Or, or or China, Japan, or anywhere. Australia. I mean, great great things are going on in the nations. But the but the Bible, the prophet, the guiding light unto his coming again. Has everything to do with watching the fig tree friends. And so again, the irony of so much of the prophetic movement denies, I mean, without trying to get like upset at, at at this, just looking at it very objectively, how offensive to the prophetic movement when you don't even believe the clearly, plainly written and revealed prophecies that are yet to be fulfilled even in the Bible. Again, so so much, and and, and this is where the confusion, the clutter, because what is it then? What is it? Divination comes out of the soul, comes out of the flesh. It's a work of the flesh. Uh, Python gets involved where there's flesh, friends. And if an entire, not the entirety of it, but a, a lot of it, is creating mass confusion, people are asking, they're wondering, why are all the prophets uh, not agreeing? <laughs> well, somebody's ministering out of the soul. That's just all there is to it. When we have a backbone upon which to build prophetic uh, 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 watchfulness, what I mean, what is a prophet today? What is a prophet today? I'm wondering, what is it that people really want and why? Are they selling out to compromise for what the people want over what God wants? What is God saying, friends? And I suppose this is the argument. This is part of the debate on whether or not prophecies in the Bible were really what God was saying. Well, until you get that figured out, friends, you are going to stay in a mess of confusion. And I'm just saying we're watching it right now. It, It is playing out before our very Eyes and what the ultimate, uh, in my opinion, the ultimate mess that it's creating is so many people are now dependent upon the voice of a man rather than what God has said. Uh, you know, if you if you're hungry for prophecy, it's right here in the Bible. In fact, so much of the Bible. Uh, somebody said that one-fifth of all of Paul's writings had to do with prophecy. Uh, so much of the Bible is a foretelling, a revelation, a revealing, a mystery being unveiled for you and I where we can know what is to come, the hope of our calling, the hope of his return, the hope of his movements in the earth, the hope of a restored Israel, the hope of of a king, uh, the Davidic covenant, a king actually will sit on that throne. A future, uh, a heavenly future, a heavenly outworking. It's right here, friends. Future judgments. It's all right here, right here. This is the irony of it all. The absolute comical but dangerous irony is that so much of the prophets don't even believe the prophecies In the Bible. Again, so what are they prophesying into? Their own conclusions. Their own conclusions. And uh, a lot of, not all, a lot of the most popular prophets right now um, don't even believe in a millennial reign of Jesus the way you and I do, at least, is that Jesus will come, subdue kingdoms, and then establish his earthly kingdom among Israel and Jacob the inheritors of that prophetic promise, and reign, Isaiah chapter 2, reign over the nations for a thousand years. So many, friends, of the most popular voices, prophetic voices, they believe we're in the millennial reign now. How confusing is that prophetic office? And so people are reading their Bible and going, I don't understand it. And then you have conglomerations of the prophets that don't agree because they don't agree on the same conclusion, and it's creating mass confusion uh, unnecessarily. How do we clear that up? Well, we go right back to the Bible, and we ask this, this question. Is what's written meant to be understood literally, or are we supposed to spiritualize or allegorize everything we read? The answers to that question, friends, are quite fascinating. All right, now, let's jump into something here. We've got a couple minutes left. And uh, here in Acts chapter 16, Acts 16, 16, it says, as we were on our way to the place of prayer, we were met by a slave girl who was possessed by a spirit of divination. That's the spirit of Python. Claiming to foretell future events and to discover hidden knowledge. What is hidden knowledge? These would be uh, things about people. This is what familiar spirits do. They know a lot about uh, people, various things, you know, how much money you put in your wallet that morning, you know, familiar spirits, know all that kind of stuff. Um, I suppose angels do as well. Uh, but from, but familiar spirits will, uh, work, work with somebody to a very uh, sinister end game when it comes to that type of stuff. And watch this. This is what act 16, 16 says. And she brought her owners much gain by her fortune telling. Listen, friends, I'm not implicating uh, the entire thing. What I'm saying is you and I have to test the spirits right now. Oh, my goodness. I don't care who it is, me, anybody else. Test the spirits. Don't despise prophecy, meaning that we just throw the whole concept of it in the garbage. No, the Bible says don't do that. Don't do that. That's stupid. Don't do that. Because so much of the Bible is prophecy. Don't do that. But he said you got to test spirits. Test spirits. We have a guiding light in the Bible, and then the daily fleshing of that out is where a lot of the prophetic uh, outworking comes into play. But again, uh, the Bible already tells us what to keep our gaze, our, our focus, and our primary you know, um, uh, our, what our primary objective is as it concerns what is going to happen. The Bible tells us that. It tells us that, unless you believe that none of that has anything to do with the future. Listen, this, this my, my, my concern was saying that so much of the New Testament is already past. Well, then we have nothing. We have nothing guiding us into the future. Oh, no, 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 no. They say, yes, you do. You have a guide. What's the guide? If everything I read in, in the New Testament has already happened, what's the guide for what is to come? And this is a legitimate question. Like I'm reading uh, like so many different passages here, and they're saying, "Well, that wasn't talking to us today, or that's not referring to something future." Like anytime you read anything that concerns uh, the spirit of Antichrist or even tribulation, say all, all, all that's past. Like there's so many books of the Bible that's like, "No, no, no that that was talking to that audience has really nothing to do with us." Well, then where am I supposed to go to get uh, a guide or that strategic advantage for what's to come? Where's the source of that? Now, not, not everybody, but I'm telling you, there's a dangerous, dangerous, extremely dangerous playing around with this answer. Well, modern day prophets. Well, that's convenient for them then, right? Very convenient for them that they would be the source then that I would have to go to to find out what's to come because the Bible is no longer a valid or substantial source now for the future. If all, or at least not, not all, sorry, that's probably an exaggeration. They don't say all, but if the majority of this has to do with stuff that has already happened. Now I'm dependent then upon who I'm dependent upon a man. I'm saying no friends, absolutely dangerous. And We've seen this time and time and time again. In fact, there's so much historical documentation for this. It, it, we just avoid it. Uh, we we wouldn't even play around this fire. We wouldn't even try and get close. Uh, the question is, isn't how close can we get and not get burned. It's how far away can we get from this kind of garbage. But people are teetering on claiming prophetic mantling and Unction and operation that separates them from the masses of people. No, it doesn't, friend. Those of us who are in Christ Jesus, in Christ, in him, it's because of him and Holy Ghost that the born-again believer has an advantage because we have the Spirit himself, the revealer, living on the inside of us. But, but, But to play around with an idea that I'm a prophet, I have access, you don't. That has been a slippery slope. I don't, you know, for I don't know how many people in the Old Testament that may have been the case, like Elijah, say, or the other prophets, or the priests, or the kings, where the Spirit came upon them in such a degree where people had to go to certain ones to find out what God was doing or saying. That is not the case today. Not, not now that we have the Holy Ghost, and uh, it is a dangerous, dangerous place. Why? 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 What's the temptation? You know, this is what we were dealing with in the last few podcasts of last year and the first ones of this year. What is, if we could boil it down to, what is the main temptation? Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. To prop ourselves up, like we know the future, or we have something you don't, so you need to come to me rather than to prayer or to the Bible. You've got to come to a man rather than the Bible. You've got to come to a man rather than. Uh, to the throne of grace you got to come before a man listen i know the lord uses people but something's getting out of hand here friends something's getting over into dangerous territory friends that don't play around with the spirit of divination why would good men and women teeter on claiming such uh operation in the body of christ well it boils down to lust of the flesh lust of the eyes the pride of life Okay, 1 John chapter 2 gives us the baseline right there. Why would anybody get off into uh, the spirit of the age, which is antichrist, It's he, drawn in through their own lust? Peter warned about these people because of covetousness they'll seek to exploit you. Right here, this spirit of python is big money. Oh, it's huge. Big popularity. Huge fame, it says this girl. She was a slave girl, but she made her handlers big money through what? Fortune telling, future telling, a spirit of divination. Had nothing to do with the future, friends. It was prediction, prediction based on knowledge that was familiar to these folks. That's all demons have. That's all demons have. They they don't know the future. They don't know the future. Only God knows the future. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? And then he put a record, a guiding light in the Bible. That doesn't dismiss that we still need uh, real-time, day-to-day revelation by way of Holy Spirit. We need revelation to even understand what he laid out in the Bible. But listen, friends, spirit of divination is real-time. We saw this, like I said, probably 18, 19, 20, 21 into 22. Huge, huge. Like people were leaning on theories conspiracies and taking it as gospel truth friends uh lots of things were popularized um you know that that whole the the q the q conspiracies Uh, by the way that, that that has been thoroughly debunked like nobody even talks about q now people are tired their hearts um you know uh what's that word um uh, hope deferred makes the heart sick. There's a lot of Christians that are just in a bad place. It's because they began to crave something, in their estimation, was of more substance than the than Bible prophecy itself. And I know there's a lot of argument, there's a lot of banter, there's a lot of debate back and forth. But listen, friends, we are going to con- continue to contest it until we get down to pure, un, uh, uh, unadulterated unhindered doctrine that is for us to build our lives upon. We're to build our house upon the rock, friends, not upon all these shifting sands and every wind of doctrine. Now, I'm telling you, one of the most pervasive things we're seeing attack the church today is this spirit of divination. And what I'm saying is people prophesying out of the soul or prophesying out of, out of their own conclusion or prophesying to just reinforce you know, their favorite so-and-so or their favorite conclusion or outworking or the best case scenario, you can't prophesy into that and just call it Jesus. This is what I'm saying is something's out of hand. Something's out of whack. We may need to detox from prediction addiction. We're addicted. So many people, they're addicted. We saw that again with the Q, the Q conspiracies. That's been totally debunked, friends, absolutely, totally debunked. And even when the proof of it came out, people don't even want to accept it. That the guy that started it uh, built his fortune built, <laughs> creating pornography websites, got into the Q stuff, it started making money, uh, and then Russia got involved with that. Do, do you even want to know the truth? And, and like some people, they are so addicted now to the prophetic ministry that it's like when truth comes at them, they're so confused now that they're not able to even test the spirits or even discern what is a true spirit versus a false spirit. What's the spirit of truth versus the uh, spirit of error? And this, this, this is the, like, when is this going to stop? Well, it's going to stop with you. I mean, it's going to stop with you. You're going to have to be willing to say, you know what, I'm, I'm just going to back it up a little bit here, and uh, I'm not going to be so concerned. Uh, with so many things that I'm concerned about, allowing my emotions, my anxieties to get all worked up and wrapped up in all this, I'm just cautioning you, friends, to just back up a little bit. Listen, it's making a, some people a lot of money. I'm not saying it's all bad. It's it's not all bad. But I'm telling you, the mechanism of it and the machine of it is making a ton of money. And that desire of the flood, I don't care who you are, that's tough, man. I'm not throwing these guys under the bus or these ladies. I'm just saying that's a tough place to be. Once you get ambition in there, once you get the desire for fame, for recognition, you know, there's some prophets that just flat out got it wrong, but they've yet to uh, make any amends for that. Well, let me tell you why. And I totally understand. Like, like I'm, like I'm, like I'm glad it's them and not me. Uh, Justin is not perfect here. In fact, I thank the Lord that uh, somehow, hallelujah, he protected me from my own ambitions. I know how ambitious I was. I know the desires that I had. I know the things that I was playing around with. So on that level right there, man, it's tough. In fact, we need to pray for them. But I'm telling you, when your entire ministry has been built up to be a prophet that doesn't miss it, it takes great humility to say, boy, I totally missed it. Because in the climate today, let me tell you why that's difficult for so many of these people. It's because in the climate today, if people uh, no longer think that you're right, then they'll drop you like you are nothing. And I'm telling you, people's ministries will be gone overnight. That's just the way it is. Um, You know, um, I'm thinking of this particular prophet that, had a lot of predictions concerning like the uh, previous election cycle, you know, 19, 20, 21 thrust of stardom. I mean, absolutely thrown out there, totally famous. I mean, millions of people following him. Well, he came out and he said, Hey guys, I totally missed it. Now I, I don't remember his exact words, but it was something like, Hey, uh, that just came out of my soul. You know, it wasn't the Lord. And his ministry was over, literally done, over. And he's talked about since then, because I was curious, you know, how does somebody gets propped up uh, in such a position um, and then suddenly people's, quote, confidence is lost in that? What's the result? What's the reality of that in our, um, you know, our Hollywood, you know, uh idolatry, you know, society. Well, uh, he said, this this prophet, he said, thousands of death threats, thousands of death threats to him personally and to his family. Uh millions of dollars overnight gone because people quit supporting his ministry, uh, stopped buying his materials, no longer purchases books, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I mean it's kind of like cancel culture, right? It's like, well, we thought you were right, and then you said you were wrong, and so boom, you are a nobody. I'm telling you, whoa, I totally get it, man. I like, I'm I totally get it. And I am so thankful that I'm not playing that game. Hallelujah. Because that's a game, friends. That's the machine, that's the mechanics of it, that's the industry. You're famous one day and everybody loves you, but the moment you're no longer needed or can sustain the narrative, you are a nobody in the machine and the mechanics. But I have to think that this guy in humility said I missed it. Uh, There were other prophets who said, you know what? They realized that they just started echoing what everyone else was saying because that's what everybody wanted to hear. Listen, friends, the Lord's already told us so much. It's, it's, it's right here. Why don't we want to hear this? Why don't we want to hear this? Entire prophetic ministries are being established on saying, and the foundation is, well, that's not what the prophecies in the Bible mean or say. And so what? Who's right then? You? And so they have a completely different prophetic narrative. I'm saying these are the sticks that you got to filter through. But if you're addicted to this, this kind of stuff, I guess none of that matters. You know, um, uh, I'm trying to think of some of the I, – I don't even know. I wasn't even really in drug culture. But, you know, some of these drugs, you know, they were putting like, bleach, right, gasoline. I mean, it's like, dude, all this stuff that would, like, kill a person and have killed many were, like, the ingredients to this drug that they were all addicted to. <laughs> and you kind of go, hey, w- w- Wait a second. Like, do you realize that you're ingesting something that you know is like, for all rational people, is known to kill you? Yeah, 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 yeah. But the feeling, the feeling, the what are you? Are are you addicted to false prophecy? I mean, the masses of people that, and for some of them, it doesn't matter that there is so much contradiction. It's just. I have this lust for predictions. <laughs> uh, it's not funny. I mean, I'm laughing at myself here. Different times and seasons that I've been in. It's like, just give me a word. And he's like, my Bible. You know. And I'm not saying that you know the Spirit doesn't speak. Don't misunderstand that. Uh, there are some people that don't even believe in in a continuation of spiritual gifts and prophecy, etc. Because they say, well, we have the Bible. Well, I mean, but th- but so much. The spirit of prophecy is the testimony. It What what else do we want prophecy to be? A, a counter testimony? No, 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 friends. This is not that complicated. Um and so we were we're being aware. The passion translation of Acts 16:16 16, 16 says, "One day as we were going to the house of prayer, <laughs> what, I mean Hello, we were on our way to pray, and we were accosted with what? The spirit of divination. I think that is so fitting right now for so many people. You're going to church, and literally you're being accosted by a lot of, not all, not all, not all, but a lot of this prophetic mechanism, the the industry of it is accosting people. It's like you're you're just trying to go get into the word. No. You got I gotta have my prophetic ministry shoved first into your face. Yeah, you know, and, and and then the extremes, okay, the hyper side of this is that group that says that your 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 pastor's got it wrong because he doesn't have an a prophet as a governor in the house. <laughs> whoa okay okay well then which which you know which one then uh, okay <clears throat> so here they were we were going to the house of prayer and we encountered a young slave girl who had an evil spirit of divination here the passion brings this thought out the spirit of python which is what what that is verse 17 and she kept following paul and the rest of us shouting loudly these men are the servants of the Most High God, and they announce the way of salvation. Verse 18, and she did this for many days, then Paul being sorely annoyed. That's kind of where I'm at. I'll just be honest with you here, okay? I'm not throwing stones, but I'm saying, I think we've come to a place of annoyance now. <clears throat> being sorely annoyed and worn out. Listen, that's where a lot of people are. They are worn out by this constant, addiction to prediction you're just worn out many many are worn out and no wonder through their spiritual exhaustion they're not able to tell the difference between what is even true or what's false now listen friends something is coming to a head this year concerning this I I, maybe that's a prediction but I'm saying this can this this is not sustainable something is going to be adjusted significantly this year hallelujah and next year and the year after and the year after that hallelujah and so this girl did this for many days paul being sorely annoyed and worn out turned and said to the spirit within the spirit within her i charge you in the name of jesus to come out and it came out that very moment what's interesting here is the spirit of python was the epithet of Apollo known as the Greek god of prophecy. Again, prophecy was common among the ancient Greeks and Romans. In fact, the noted historian FC Grant said that the consultation of prophetic oracles was probably the most universal cult practice in the Greco-Roman world. So announced was the public's or excuse me, so pronounced was the public's fascination with the supernatural that Petronius, a first century Roman official and novelist, declared, it's easier to meet a god than a man. Prophecy and the supernatural were so common in the ancient pagan world, that's why there are so many admonitions in the New Testament to not be deceived, and why Paul, every time he mentions prophecy, includes the admonition to judge it, test it, and to seek to prove the genuineness of of prophecy. Divination is the demonic counterpart to true prophetic utterance. Again, I'm not saying these people are demon possessed. I'm saying the soul, friends, the flesh, a work of the flesh, witchcraft, sorcery. It's a work of the flesh. Somebody prophesying out of the soul. Listen, you and I, I've done it. Okay. I've done it. You get pressured in a moment, uh to do a song and dance for folks. Well, if you're not more afraid of God than you are of man, the tendency, and, and it doesn't mean you're turning your back on God, but the tendency would, would be, well, these people want a song and dance. So the pressure then would draw you over into the flesh if the spirit of the if the Holy Spirit isn't saying anything, but you're supposed to be a prophet if you're not saying anything, The spirit's not saying anything. The temptation then would be to just come up with something in the flesh. That, my friends, is bordering on divination and partnering with familiar spirits. I'm saying it's doable. I'm not saying that's everybody's motive. I'm saying it's completely doable. It's a caution. We need to be cautious. Prophecy is to speak under the inspiration of the spirit of God divination is speaking error. Now, oftentimes mixed with truth, but it would be under the inspiration of a Pythonic or a divining or a familiar spirit that is ungodly. Here in this situation in Acts 16, the girl, by the way of the evil spirit working within her, knew who Paul and his team were and what they were generally doing. While accurate in one sense, this spirit Uh, or the spirit, the motive and the intention is what was being said to make these men in the eyes of the uninformed look as if they were ministering on behalf of Apollos. What she said was basically true, but it was used to mislead others. Just like psychics, the ability to garner familiar information by way of familiar spirits, get people caught up in the excitement of illusion in the moment, especially if it's information they desire to hear. Listen, friends, here's the hook. If it's information that you are craving and you just can't seem to live without it, I'm telling you, friends, be watchful because other spirits would love to satiate that craving of the flesh. With that, we're going to have to take a pause here, friends. Thank you so much for joining me today. What were we talking about? Prediction addiction. And listen, just do an inventory. Do a a check. You have the Bible, friends. You have good counsel right there. Your pastor, hallelujah, can hear from God. People tell me all the time, you know what? You answered a question. And I'm like, oh, okay. I was just, you know. That that has happened, I don't know, several times where I'll have my notes whatever. We're go before the Lord. We're spirit-led, meaning we're open to flow with wherever he is going. And I have found myself in so many situations just following the leading of Holy Spirit. And he is answering people's questions that I would have no idea that they even had no upfront knowledge. That's what I'm saying. You're a pastor. You got a good pastor. You have people that pray in your church. You have people that say, God, we are yours to command. You're going to be all right, friends. You are going to be all right. Hallelujah. Well, thank you for joining us today. If we could pray for you, we got prayer people standing by that would love to agree with you. Uh, Reach out to us. Send us an email, hello at gracecitychurch.tv or call us 870-741-9099. Leave a message. Somebody will get right back with you. But that's one way we can partner with you, friends. We can agree with you concerning what God is doing in your life. All right. Again, this has been the Grace for This City podcast. And until next time, be blessed, my friends.